Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Glenn Moore joining us now, Baylor softball coach. Coach, I was very excited. I know you were too, but I mean, to see those brooms come running out of that dugout, it's just, uh, oh, it was a sight for sore eyes and uh, really, really fun. And it just, I mean, this season, just when you think it can't get any better, it does. Uh, congrats, first of all, a sweep. And, you know, when you needed it, I mean, obviously you would have taken two out of three and that would have been a great series. But then to sweep the mighty Longhorns, number five in the country, uh, congrats. Very excited for you. Man, that sounds good every time I hear it, Matt. I, <laughs> I can't hear it enough. I'm, I'm so stinking proud of the girls. You know, you're right. Uh, you could have easily said two out of three is enough, and we're fortunate to get that. Uh, but just like all year, Matt, they've come to play every game, regardless of the situation, whatever just happened or what's in front of them, they just play. What was it about that first one uh, in Austin? You run rule them. You know, what does that do for a team when you come out like that and you kind of establish that? I, I would imagine it puts some pressure, obviously, on the horns. But what did that do for y'all's mindset to come out and jump on them like you did? You know, I do think this team thinks they can play with anyone. So I don't I don't know that it had anything to do with who we were playing. Obviously, everybody's going to get up for uh, good teams and top 25 teams, and this in, in this case, a top five team. Uh, but we played well down there last year when we weren't nearly as good a team. I think we won one of the Saturday games 17-3 to three down there and uh, just didn't take our foot off the gas pedal. And same thing here. We started out on fire and uh, the pass to bat. Uh, quality at bats and good results and had a few breaks here and there and just never let up. What did you, what went into your decision with your, your pitching uh, resting Dari, obviously West and Crandall come through for you in a big way. I mean, I, that's it. It's an interesting time of the year and obviously it ended up being the right decision. Now that we know what happened, what kind of had been, had you been kind of thinking that one over and thinking through it, um, just that whole de- de- the decision to, to do it that way? Yeah, it was a it was a calculated decision. Dari, uh, as you may know, uh, was injured during the off season from last season. Rehab during the summer didn't have much of a fall, and uh, really didn't know if she would be ready to go at the start of the season. So. We were uh, we were concerned. She threw well right away uh, in the season, and she had some big games. But because of the loss of Leah Benford, we uh, probably had too much of a workload on her, so her velocity has been down a little bit. So we just uh, made the decision. We felt the NCAs were secured, and uh, we didn't think after uh, Iowa State that we had a chance at hosting. I think now we're back in the conversation, but. Uh, think we thought we had lost that so we thought if we're going to make a run in postseason we need to get her velocity back up and rest her so um uh, we thought you know it's a high, it's a high risk high reward situation but uh it's an opportunity for those kids to grow up a little bit and they certainly did they pitched well coach human called an unbelievably weekend of uh pitches uh, against one of the top offenses in the country and so we benefited on both ends. We were able to rest her, and, uh, you know, we got two wins right away, and we thought that probably put us back in the conversation to host. And, uh, you know, let's uh, 
let's not risk her on one game. So uh, we decided to hold her out again. We were prepared to go with her to close if we needed to, but uh, mm-hmm. I didn't really need to. What was her attitude like? She seems like she always has a great attitude, but she's also a huge competitor. Um, how did she kind of embrace the weekend knowing, hey, she wanted to do everything to help her team, but knowing this was for the greater good of the team? How did she receive the news? No, I think uh, she was a part of that conversation from the, the start, and she's she's almost like a coach on the field. She's such a great leader for us, and, and uh, she's very unselfish at the same time she is, as you said, very competitive. So it was not something that she was – happy about but it was she was a part of that decision and felt like uh, felt the same way we did in order for her to get back to where we want her to be and where she has been before the rest was probably necessary all right and uh, uh lavalley hits that ball down the line what how did you how did you kind of see that one i've kind of watched it over and over but it kind of shows her and i only got one really good shot of the player down there at uh first base was that just she put it hit it pretty well chopper and and just a a a tough one to handle what did you see about that play the the game deciding play there well you know me I can see the strike zone from that third base coaching box better than most umpires can from behind (laughs) home plate so I I I honestly thought it was no question whether it's fair or foul and looking back now I obviously know how close it was right on the line and uh, so I immediately uh, deferred to my wife and daughter sitting right down the line and they both said it was fair so I was fairly confident then I went to the dugout and uh, about 50-50 said I don't know it could have been foul so I got a little worried at that point in time but I knew I typically, Matt, when they take a, when you've had the call in your favor and they take a long time to overturn it, it seems a high percentage state. Um, they're looking for a reason to go the other direction and, and it's got to be very clear. So knowing that the call was fair to start with gave me a little bit of hope. Lynn Moore joining the Matt Mosley show ESPN Central Texas. And uh, boy, now they're saying College World Series. I mean, people have thought great about your team for a while now, but, boy, this put a punctuation on the uh, regular season and everything. And like you said, you're back in the conversation for hosting. Can you lobby for something like that at all? I mean, you have obviously been a great program for many years. Uh, you've got a great facility. How do you, you kind of handle that, Coach, or do you just need to let me lobby and get on social media and, and really hit this thing hard? Well, we definitely need the the all-powerful Matt Mosley lobbying for us as much as possible. (laughs) I think that would carry a lot of weight. Uh, You know, we send in a resume, and we've been writing that resume the the last few weeks, and, and, uh, you know, I think it uh, might have very little influence over the committee's decision. Your RPI, um, your wins against top-ranked opponents, but we've got a great resume. There's not many teams in this country that have six wins against the top five um, teams in the country and really lost one close one to Oklahoma State that uh, had two runs taken off the board. That would have been a seventh. So we've written a pretty good resume. We've had a little bit of a roller coaster year, and I always think that if they want to keep you from hosting, they can find something in your schedule to do that. But, uh, but I think the girls deserve it, personally. Yeah, and and what a I mean after the ceremony the other day, uh, and and the way folks went out and performed, I'm, I'm thinking about Josie right off the bat. 
uh, the double off the wall uh, to start that seventh uh, inning rally. I mean, how how cool is that to uh, to celebrate somebody like that and then to see them continue to contribute? Those can be tough days because there's so many emotions. I've seen it work against like the basketball team in the past and things like that. And uh, boy, to stay in there and to end it like that—that's a uh, if that's the way she went out, that's a pretty incredible way to do it. Yeah. I- I agree. It can work both ways. And we typically do our senior ceremonies after the game for that very purpose so that they can concentrate on the game first and then celebrate afterwards. But we changed it up only one senior and uh, she was pretty emotional. So I was a little surprised that she was able to focus the way she was and have such a a good outing. And uh, I think she was said it best. She said, if this is my last game at uh, at Getterman, I could, I could certainly live with this. So it was a, it was, you know, you think of that in high school football or in football in general, the homecoming games, coaches are always worried about those distractions. I think it's similar to that. All right. Who, who are the keeper of the brooms, by the way? I mean, that's not, they are pretty well equipped and ready for that decision to be made. Those brooms weren't just in the closet over there next to the dugout. Somebody had collected a few of those brooms and had them ready. Who, who should we credit for that? Yeah, I can't answer that question. I just know I was not a part of that, and uh, and uh, I, when I saw when the, when they came out, the umpires came out of that uh, and made that decision that it was a fair ball and the game was over. It was no holding them back at that point. In time. <laughs> you can't like send them back, can you? Like get those brooms out of here. <laughs> I was getting out of their way. Is what I was. Uh huh. Uh huh. What were they stacking on? Was that Josie's head? They were putting a bunch of stuff. On. I was watching one of the uh, John try to interview <laughs> interviewer after the uh, game, yeah. and the the team was stacking stuff over. I mean, that in addition to the uh, Gatorade bath or water bath, whatever we call that. Uh, yeah, there were there was some stacking going on. Is that is that sort of a normal normal activity for for your team? It's a, it's kind of a softball tradition and not one that I'm really, really fond of, uh, similar to the cheering <laughs> in the dugout. But, uh, you, you know, if they're having fun, enjoying it, they, they like to mess with the person being inter- interviewed. And that was her, her interview with John. And I think they were stacking cups and gloves and putting th- things in her arms. And, and uh, she was handling it right before the Gatorade bath. But I, I remember watching that back, and I think John warned her that she was about to get a Gatorade bath, and I thought – uh, I thought that was a kind of a, a cheap thing to do. I think they needed to surprise her. She still got wet, but uh, so it worked out. I think she knew, and she didn't even turn around even after he warned her. And she did a nice job of continuing to talk to him. But she did say something funny, like, "Was there a question somewhere in there?" And I yeah. think. <laughs> By the way, I people would be wise to say that to me sometimes. Think about how many times I say a whole bunch of stuff, and you have to whoever's talking to me has to like pick out. Wait, was there something Mosley meant to ask? Because he he just said a whole lot of things. Well, okay, now what do we do now? What do you? What's the team do now to kind of get prepared? Obviously, it'll be fun to kind of find out, get all the information. How do you kind of keep everybody, hopefully, on a roll, in a good place? Because it really does seem like um, you're kind of peaking at the right time, so to speak. And, uh, and again, to do it without Dari is pretty 
amazing, and it really worked out beautifully. A calculated gamble. I shouldn't say gamble with what's going on in some college, but a calculated decision, you called it. Uh, oh, by the way, how, how much is the velocity down, if you don't mind, like in a situation like that? Because, I mean, two or three miles per hour, I would think, can make a pretty big difference. Is that accurate, or was it, yeah. was it down even more than that? Was there a question in there somewhere, Matt? <laughs> no, I, I got it. Uh, it's probably been more four and four and five mileish uh, at, at a time, at a, a few times lately, especially in Iowa. I attribute that a little bit to the the thirty five degree chill factor up there when we haven't felt cold weather and playing in the rain a little bit. So. You know, when she's throwing up around 70 uh, fairly consistently, and that's really hard, uh, really fast, and she starts hitting 65 and 66 consistently, then you know that her arm's starting to go into a dead phase that uh, you need to try to protect her and let her build back that strength. But she's had a little bit of rest now, even in the games up there. We didn't overthrow her because of that. So um, I think she's going to have best case to recover from that. Um and uh, I think, uh, you know, I think what, whether she does or not, I think we're giving her the best opportunity to recover from it. All right. And I love that throw from McKenzie. Was that, wasn't that McKenzie out in uh, center, ball off the wall, catch, uh, gets it and gets that ball in? And I, I know she does that on a fairly routine basis. But, man, on a bang-bang play, any hitter thinks if they hit it off the wall, they got, a, you know, a certain double. And that's pretty remarkable how, you know, the throw has to be good, the catch has to be made, the tag has to be made. I would think that has to make you smile, Coach. Um, the endless times you've probably worked on that and, and the relay. and I mean, the, just getting the ball back in as quickly as possible. But, I mean, that's a, that's a beautiful play. Well, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say that was a beautiful play because – you, you you live for those types of plays, and, and Matt, I have a defense that can make those remarkable plays. Uh, the plays made up the middle by my middle infielders are as good as major leaguers can make them, and that play off the wall was just, she knew exactly what she had to do as soon as the ball was in her circle without even looking, and then uh, Presley put a tag, and you know, there's, there's a lot of things that uh, the average person may not see. You have to, if you go to the runner on those tags a lot of times they get underneath the tag you got to be disciplined enough to take that tag straight to the bag first and she did executed that perfectly and it it easily beat her uh yes it was a nice play and and mckenzie's not uh it's not surprising to see her make those types of plays she's she's a cerebral player that that thinks through things before they happen and knows what she's going to do with the ball and, and we've seen her make quite a few of those plays well, very excited, and uh, boy, Shaylin, when I see her turn on one, again, that's kind of one of you all signatures. Y'all feed off so many of your players, but when, when uh, Govan puts the bat on one and, and it just, you know, there's a no-doubter, and you've got some power on the team, but there's something about the way she does it, and I don't know what it reminds me of. Maybe I got Maybe I'm thinking of Pops back in '79 or something. But there's like there's something about her when she bombs one. It's just it, it just really sends a message, at least in in my mind. Uh, Friday night down in Austin was a good example of that. We get two runners on, and and uh, she's just uh, she's got a clue. She's a smart hitter up there. She's a modern day Babe Ruth. It's, 
they, she gets pitched very careful. So she rarely sees a pitch that is over the middle of the plate. It kind of surprises her when it's there, but she can hit a ball a long way and she can hit a lot of pitches. She's a good bad ball hitter as well. So uh, the whole lineup benefits uh, from her being in it because of how they have to pitch her. Even when she doesn't have a successful, um, uh, uh, you know, at bat, she, she forces a lot of pitches and she forces, other uh, hitters like uh, Clauses after her and and Watson and you know Emily Hot before her she she forces uh, the pitchers to throw differently to the whole lineup because they don't want to work their way back to her. Yeah, yeah, Watson can hit it out of the park as well. Did you? What was the highest velocity you ever had? You were ever uh, uh, with the king? You know, the king in his court and all when all that was going on. What's the what's the fastest you were ever uh, clocked at? 84. Whoa. Goodness gracious. We used to tell people 104 because that sounded good, but 84 was the <laughs> highest. And you're throwing from 46 feet, and you're letting go from about 40 feet. It's not a lot of reaction time. Oh, my gosh. When's the last time you tried to hum one? <laughs> uh, you're wanting to bat off me, aren't you? You're trying to get your ass. <laughs> getting a scouting report right now we're gonna have to make mm-hmm. that happen i think i think you might send you might try to get me off the plate is what would worry me there could be chin music um happening but uh, i'm sure you're still pretty accurate my gosh 80 that's crazy 84 miles per hour what's the fastest you ever pitched overhanded oh i couldn't pitch overhanded i i uh i tried it a little bit i uh, early years, but uh, and I have no idea what the speed was. I had a decent arm, but I couldn't throw a strike. I, <laughs> completely different, completely different. I was a catcher. I was a catcher in baseball and uh, and pitcher in softball. So was, go figure. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, very excited and uh, can't wait to kind of find out here, and and uh, we'll we'll be doing that in the coming days. And uh, I really appreciate the time. I was. Uh, I was excited, and I mean, as soon as the final out, I was trying to request you to see if I could get you on today, so I really appreciate you doing this. I always appreciate it. Hey, we're going to have our announcement party uh, next Sunday night, I think at 6 p.m., 5 or 6 p.m. We'll have a release on it next Sunday, this coming Sunday night over in the Bee Association room. We'd love the public to come out and see if we're a host, if we get awarded a host, if not, where we're going to go. Okay, I'll get the word out. As you finalize that um let me know, uh, and I'll. Uh, that that would be neat to get everybody out there, and and uh, and 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 that'd be that'd be a lot of fun. So we'll get the word out. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. Take care. There he goes, Glenn Moore, a man who once threw an underhanded eighty-four miles per hour. I mean, he traveled with this uh, unbelievable kind of the the Harlem Globetrotters of softball. And they used to attract big crowds, and he could hum at 84. That is scary. I mean, the best uh, in college softball is probably up around 70 or 71. That's about as fast as it gets. Uh, Olympic level would be 72, 73 maybe or something like that. 84 is just unheard of. Woo. All right, Matt.